Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Father, thank you that we are sons of a faithful and awesome Father. Thank you, Lord, that there is provision from you and that you pour upon us the provisions what we desire and seek through your spirit these things are revealed and we pray that your word might open our eyes as a lamp unto our feet as a light unto our path that we might understand the supernatural that deep would call into deep this morning and that we would find our place to be able to move in the direction of your desire while we're here upon the earth so when our sons ask that we would direct them that we would show them that they would learn we would be able to teach them the authenticity of our life in the spirit here upon the earth. And that that is a, a great safe haven and shelter that you have provided. And that there's a great covering if we would be able to understand and know the way of the Lord. So prosper your word this morning in the hearts of your sons and daughters. And allow us to be able to see these things and embrace them and fulfill the purpose for which you have set them in the course. We love you, Lord, and we thank you, Lord, that you continue to open your heart towards this house and pour out provision for us to change the world. Prosper your word in our hearts and in our lives this morning. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. It was very uh, powerful to hear David in Psalm 27 Verse 4, say these words, one thing I have desired, and this will I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold his beauty and to inquire in his temple. When we come to the Lord for the first time, this means there is a church, a physical habitation, a physical location where we go and are part of and we're blessed all the days of our lives and we're able to see beautiful things and they're revealed and we get to ask God about many things and I thank God for the first day I walked into the house of the Lord I began to understand many things about who I was and why I was upon this earth these provisions of God are so powerful verse 5 says for in the time of trouble these are the place where he will hide me in the times of difficulties and adversity there will be a place to hide a place of protection. It'll be a secret place in a tabernacle. Now not just a physical tabernacle, but a place that God has established upon the earth that will be a, a hidden place for me that will be a protective place. It will be like set, being set high upon a rock. I want to suggest to you that, that there are places that God has ordained from the beginning of the earth for our safety and protection for our development and for our peace as we read second um, corinthians chapter 10 the bible talks about places that the devil has also lifted up and set he set up places in second corinthians 10 and verse 4, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds. A stronghold is a castle, is a refuge. 
And the devil also builds these things, which is a safe haven for his kingdom, a place of destruction where he's able to kill, steal, and destroy more powerfully. We were talking about that in our travels this weekend where, where the devil has kept certain men um, um, in a realm. You could say like, like um, placing the bricks, the separations, the, that which separates a father from his son. That which separates a believer from uh, the gathering of God's people. There are things that have come. And, and he says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty. They're powerful for pulling down strongholds. These places that keep us far from the knowledge of God. When, whenever you have a lie, for example, that has lodged in the heart of men, it, it keeps them from fulfilling God's call. Um whether it be financial, relational, whether it be spiritual, ministerial, when, when a lie lodges in the heart of man, he begins to contend against man. Verse 5 says that these strongholds are to be brought down by casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We're supposed to destroy everything that man thinks that is contrary to the obedience of Christ. In other words, where are you not being obedient to his will and there you're being kept out from incredible treasures and riches. You're being kept out of incredible um, prosperity and blessing. I, I just think of where all my friends are right now that are not Christians. We grew up together. And somewhere along the line, the Lord threw me a lifeline of truth John chapter 8 verse 32 says, you will know truth and it will set you free. If you don't come to truth, you're captive. You're, you're held contrary to what's in your best interest. So you will walk in such a manner that it will affect these provisions of God. In the time of trouble, you won't be in a hiding place. You won't be in a secret place. You won't be in a place that is a high rock upon which you can be safe. You'll be in a stronghold. You'll be held captive against your will. You'll be taken to be a servant of darkness rather than light. We were, we were created in this world to serve Christ, to serve God. To be servants of the Lord the whole time. And, and we find ourselves serving so many other things because of unbelief. Because we have not kept those sacred places. I, I want to suggest that there, there are three powerful secret places that have been given to mankind. I, I want you to be able to receive it from the Lord and to be able to settle it in your heart, to share it with your family, and then to share it to the inhabitants of the earth. The first place that God has provided for man's safety. And it's become the most dangerous place to abide in is called the womb. The womb is where God places holy seed. And there it is cultivated over a nine-month period. We're being knitted we're being fashioned. We're being protected. 
This shelter of a woman's womb is, is sacred in the eyes of God. In Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5, he says, Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before, before we even came into existence, God knew he needed to place you in a very special place. And he would put you in the safe haven of a woman's, a mother's womb. And he says, there, I formed you in the womb. Before you were born, I set you apart. I ordered you as a prophet to the nations. It's trying to, it's, it's all this aspect of sexuality. That's why there's such a huge war contending for the woman's womb. For the purity and sanctity of virginity. To be able to make that a sacred place and not a place to be frequented by several males every so often. Not a place to abuse. Not a place to infect. Not a place to destroy. And you'll see that where God has ordained a secret place to keep us safe, Satan has broken in to destroy. To, to affect, to destruct, to bring down. And so that place that is supposed to be a place of, of peace and safety in these days, um, we just saw the movie Irreplaceable talking about the millions upon millions of babies that have been aborted in the region of Asia. How they have removed the, the seeds of boys and girls that were there safe. That were supposed to be a safe haven of the Lord. But because we have lost our understanding. And because promiscuity has, has become a craziness in our land. This, is, this has been declared. If, if you consider what has wrought the, the most death upon the earth. And they're saying that 90,000 people died last year of the flu. 90,000 people died of the flu. I want you to be able to grab the statistics of the millions upon millions that were aborted last year that were no longer safe in the womb. No longer safe. It has become the most dangerous place on the planet. Yet it's the most important place as seen by God. It was the place where God was going to form the tissue. It was the place where God was going to form this miraculous fabric of flesh that would provide your dwelling place during your season upon the earth. And those that do not extract the baby, the fetus from the womb, begin to curse it. I can't believe I'm pregnant. I can't believe this baby's coming. I wish it was a boy and not a girl. And all the things that are, that are launched towards that safety place, that place of shelter... God understood that he needed a place to, to keep safe those that would come into being. Hebrews 10.5 Where Jesus says these words, Therefore, when he comes into the world, right before we come into existence in the world, he says, You're not wanting sacrifice and offering, but you have prepared a body for me. You have prepared a place that I will dwell in 
for the remainder of my life. And, and let me just add here a second. That this shelter that God has provided to us begins to be a blessing for our ministry and our call the rest of our lives. And it's there in the womb that we receive the spirit of rejection. It's there in the womb that we receive words that while we're being formed begin to infect our very establishment. We have the proof of it when John the Baptist was in Elizabeth's uh, womb that the Holy Spirit made him rejoice and he moved inside the womb because they were greeting each other. Two men that would work upon the face of the earth. Mary and Elizabeth were carrying John the Baptist and Jesus inside their womb and they were rejoicing about the place God had provided for them. It's so miraculous. It's so spectacular. Yet we have reduced it to a place of total Lack of sacredness. Total lack of respect. We no longer look at this as a place that God has, has given us. To prepare us and to launch us into this world. Verse 7. Then I said, behold Lord, since you have provided a place for me to dwell in. There's, it's being knitted even as we speak. The womb. Behold, I have come for in the volume of everything that is going to be fulfilled in my life. In the volume of the book, it is written of me that I'm come to do your will, O Lord, to fulfill the reason for my existence. There's still some people that are 40, 50, and 60 and don't understand that God has a call on their life, that they could hear the voice of God. In Genesis 25, 23, the Lord says, to a woman, he says, he says, two nations are in your womb. Two people shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. In this, in this sacred, secret place of the womb, earth destiny is set in motion. It's not, it's not something to play with. Recently, I was talking to a young girl. I said, listen, you're dating a non-Christian. Your womb was created to put godly seed in there to fulfill the will of God. Amen. Your womb is a holy womb to bring down the descendants of many great men of God. The seeds of kings shall be placed in your womb for you to care for. For you to... To, for you to nurture into existence. And we don't have that revelation. We don't understand. Psalms 22.9 says, Yet you are he who brought me forth from the womb. We, we don't know that. We, we, we consider the womb just a, a natural biological place, but it's really a spiritual place. It's a spiritual safe haven. It's a shelter. I, I rejoice to see our sons how God has placed them in special places. I rejoice. They are welcome. They are accepted. They're full of destiny and purpose. They're crowned with favor. There's no regret. There's no resentment. And so in this place, there's, 
You can tell I'm not a doctor. I don't know very much about this. But you see everything taking form. Everything is added to build. They, they say the heart is the first organ to be, to be created before the brain even is. So that the heart is working and the brain is forming after. The nurses and doctors tell me amen. And, and he says we're wonderfully and we're majestically created cell upon cell, tissue upon tissue, organ after organ. And there we're, and, and nobody better mess with that process. No better, better, nobody better come out of that womb and say, I, I don't need this place no more. Because you will mess with everything God has done in that place to make you fashioned. And prepared for the call of God upon your life. You can say amen. This is awesome. Psalm 22, 9 says, Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust when upon my mother's breast. Upon you I was cast from birth. You have been my God from my mother's womb. Man, we miss that. We're still out of our mother's womb a long way. And we still have not made God God. But there's some that have an understanding and know that even from the inception of their development, they know God is their God. They know that they're not here to do their own will, to do their own bidding. You have been my God from my mother's womb. Be not far from me. Verse 11. Lord, I... I can't separate from this place you've provided for me. For trouble is near. For there is none to help me. I need to stay in that place that God has provided. Isaiah 44, 2. Thus says the Lord who made you. And thus says he who formed you in the womb. Who will help you. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and you, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. I've put you in this place as a safe haven. I've put you in this place with a purpose. When Nicodemus is trying to figure out his purpose in life, John chapter 3 verse 4, he says, I don't understand what you're telling me about. What are you talking about? I'm supposed to go back into my mother's womb a second time? And he says, no, my friend, that time is over. Now you better make sure that you have understood the provisions of God upon the earth. How can a man be born when he's old? How could he get back into a place where there's a safe haven in time of trouble? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? The answer to that is no. Psalm 139 verse 13 says, During this time in the womb is when your inward parts are being formed. You formed my inward parts, God. You covered me in my mother's womb. You provided a, a season of time. And in that season of time, I was safe. I was safe in my being able to, to develop. Verse 14, I can give you thanks, Lord, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. And that my soul knows very well, I'm convinced. Verse 15, my putting together, my frame... My skeletal was not hidden from you when, 
when I was made in secret, in that secret place, skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth, fashioned by you, O God. I want to suggest that the, the next place where God puts you in, which is a, is a safe haven, is a refuge, is a shelter, is a stronghold, is called family. You come out of the womb and God puts you into a family and that's a place of safety. It's a place where it keeps you out of trouble. It's a safe haven that God has given us. Just like the womb has a head and a body that takes care of it, the family has a head which is a husband and he's safeguarding those that are a member of the household that they pertain to. It's a, it's a great place to be in family. Rebels hate family. And they're exposed to all sorts of destruction. That's what the prodigal son tells us. The, the son who, who decided to pick up and to leave family. He was no longer destined to promise and to protection and to purpose. He had left the place where God was going to skillfully rot. Where he would form, where he would fashion. Where he would prepare during the season that is required before we go and pursue the will of God. I was reading Proverbs 17 where it says the fool wants to leave the safe haven of the provisions of God. The fool has set his heart, verse 24, Proverbs 17, 24. The, the eyes of the fool are on the ends of the earth. I want to be away from my family. I want to be far from my father. I want to be distant from my mother. I want to be uh, disengaged from that place, God. The Bible says wisdom is in the sight of him who has understanding. There's wisdom in being able to see what God is doing in the present, but the fool is always looking at a distant place far from where God has him. He doesn't want to be in family he doesn't want to be around mom and dad, around his brothers, around his sisters. He doesn't understand family. He doesn't understand the brethren. They cannot dwell in that, in that habitation. That spirit of, of being raised up under the spirit of God. Family is, is a great place. I, I remember being a fool and having my eyes on the ends of the earth. I was 13 years old and thinking how I would run away. How I hated my dad. I hated my mom. I hated the house. I hated my brothers. I wanted to leave, 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 leave. Leave where? The house that sheltered me, the food that fed me, the water that quenched my thirst, the bed I slept in, the clothes that closed me. You know you're a fool. If you're setting your sight far from family. Because it's the safe haven God has provided us. It's a place of protection. The eyes of a fool are on the farthest expanse of the earth. These young guys that they graduate from high school says, where are you going? I don't know. I've got to go find myself. Where are you going to find yourself? I don't know. Maybe in China. Maybe in Europe. Maybe somewhere else i got to find myself. Listen, if you want to find yourself, try to walk down the streets of New York so you can see you're never going to find yourself. You're never going to find yourself surrounded by strange people that are not family, distant from your father's counsel, 
from the embrace of, of the woman who birthed you. I was, I was blessed to hear a woman this week, she says to her son, she says, son, I have your father to talk to. Your father has me. And whenever anything comes up, we talk to each other and we find ourselves and we're able to help each other go on. But you have nobody. You have left our home to go to college. And now you're there. I mean, who, who is giving you advice? Who are you talking to? And I want you to know that I'm there for you. Please come and talk to me about whatever's going on in your life so you have someone to be able to talk to. And he says, thanks, Mom, because that's exactly what I was going through. I had no one to talk to. I'm going through a, 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 a transition in my life, and I'm a single man, and I don't know who to consider. But listen to me. God has provided a safe haven. See, the devil is an expert. He builds strongholds and refuge to contain his darkness. I suggest that we should, we should understand that the womb is a safe haven that prepares us to fulfill the call of God, and the family is a safe haven. It's, a, it's, it's supernaturally ordained by God to rot and to fashion us, to prepare us to be successful in this life. And if you don't have an eye for the sacredness of the womb, you might miss out the sacredness of family. And you might allow you to be apathetic, indifferent, and even to despise your family. It is there where, where God tells the church, Ephesians chapter 2, where, where Paul is able to say, listen, we're not going to bypass our understanding of the safe havens and secret places of God, the places God has provided to keep us safe in this world, things that will be a refuge that will allow us to come into the purpose of God. And so he says these words in Ephesians chapter 4. I'm sorry, chapter 3. Chapter 2, verse 19. There it is. Third secret place. Third shelter. Third refuge. The church. A place where we're being fashioned, where vital organs in our spiritual existence are being created. Now, therefore, you are no longer a stranger. You're no longer a foreigner. You're not someone outside, but you're a fellow citizen and member of the family of God. Well, what is happening in the family of God? Ephesians 4, 16. This body is being fashioned together and joined by, by every supply according to the effective work by which every part does its share, causing growth to the body, edifying itself in love. Is there, is there a place that I'm despising that is that I'm called to, to fulfill the order of my existence? Have I, have I allowed resentment to come into my heart in regards to my participating 
within the body of Christ. When we read Hebrews again, um, that, that first verse, verse uh, chapter 10, verse 5, when we read it in the context of not a physical body, not a, a son in a family, but now, Lord, you have prepared a body for me. You don't want me to just be about doing things individually without purpose, disconnected. You didn't desire me to just be about sacrifice and offerings. A body you've prepared for me. Verse 6. You, I'm sorry, verse 5. Therefore, when we come into the world, Nicodemus is not about going into the womb. That season already passed. If you've already gone through and, and despised and seen your family fall apart, and seeing your life be so affected that you can never participate in relational proximity. I was, I was blown away by these 500 men that were at this conference. They, they all came alone. But you're, not, you're not created to be in this earth disconnected from the rest of the population. Why are you disconnected? Well, perhaps because in these times of being in the womb, being in a family, or, or seeing the church, you haven't been able to grow. To see the, the knitting effect. We'll read that in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. As they're, they're knitted together, as they're fashioned together, as they're being part. I would like to, you know, this thing, look what it says. From whom the whole body joined and knitted together. Let me ask you a question. In this body, in this shelter that God has provided, are you a kidney, a liver, or an appendix? Appendix doesn't do anything, some people say. Are you a vital member of the secret place God has provided? Or do you show up once a month? Or do you show up once a year? Are you allowing God to mold you, to prepare you, to launch you into His purpose? I'm, I'm super excited about seeing the development of God's call upon our life to be able to accomplish what He, what he has for us. Um, one of the things that, that I see here, I'm going to look it up real quick. You, you see the aspects of what God has provided for us in this lifetime. When they, when they ask them and they say, Lord, what is the greatest thing we can do to be able to fulfill your call? And he says it's going to require two things. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. 36, Matthew twenty two thirty six, 36. Lord, let's cut to the chase. What do I need to do? Just tell me like it is. He says, teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? If you're going to go straight to the, to the bottom line, what is it? Verse 37. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. 
Come into a relation with God where you are no longer being held back from becoming the full expression of His desire for your life. God does not want you to have any other expression than His purpose. If you're kept in a womb, you're protected. You fulfill your development. You're birthed out with a body. If you're kept in a family, you're, you're protected. You're disciplined. You're corrected. You're instructed. Some of us, the devil destroyed that capacity in our lives. I was talking to a 40-year-old man last week, and he says, I didn't have that. I said, well, you have it now. You have it now. Start having a heart towards obedience, towards humility. And then finally, this aspect of the church, verse 38. This is the first and great commandment, verse 39. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Let me just suggest to you that if in the church you are disconnected to fulfill the full measure of God's love, you're unprotected. You will not develop into what God has coming. And you will not be able to love others in this capacity. This is the place that God has provided in this season for us. This is the place that God desires for us to receive in a, in a manner which is a blessing. I'm saying, Lord, why do we hate honoring the sanctity of sexual intimacy? Why has man decided to, to stomp and to destroy all the safeguards to bring in children into this world? Why have we decided to not understand family and we, we despise family? We consider it a problem. Family is what connects one generation to the next. Matthew 24, verse 7, he says, Every generation shall rise up against the next generation. That word nation is not country. Each each season of life, and you see it happen, turns against the prior season and says, hey, I don't want to be like you. Stay away from me. Don't speak into my life because I want to do my own thing. I want to be disconnected, separated. Kingdom against kingdom. For this reason, there'll be famine, pestilence, earthquakes in various places. Things will be going crazy. Things will be going insane, affecting the lifeline to the next generation. Where communication becomes totally different. I don't understand where you talk to me. What do you mean I, you don't understand? I can't, I can't see eye to eye. I can cross the street and find myself with some gangbangers and with some thugs. And I understand their language, but I don't understand the language of my father. I can't see eye to eye with those that are called to instruct me and discipline me. The language is different. The clothes are different. The haircuts are different. Everything is, is at war. They're, they're, they're upset one with the other. The music are different. What's right and wrong is different. Micah 7 verse 6 says, For this reason, a son dishonors his father. 
a daughter rises up against her mom. What is closer than a mom and a daughter? There's not much upon the earth that's closer. I see the relationship of my wife with my daughter. It's amazing. Well, then why would they rise up against each other to say, I don't want to hear you. I don't want to listen to you. What you say is not what I tune into. Daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. A man's enemy are those of his own household. How has the devil put his hand into the womb to destroy the seed, put his hand into the family, destroyed the children in formation to what is blessing? Honor your father and mother so everything will go well with you and you'll live a long life upon the earth. There's a refuge and a safe haven in family. He's put his hand into the church. He's caused rebellion to come up against spiritual sons, spiritual fathers. These are called the, the devastation of Satan's destruction upon God's safe haven, upon his bunkers, upon his shelters. The greatest statistics of divorce have, have taken place. The, the nucleus of the family is the marital relationship. If, is it some, some guy says, I don't have to be married to my wife for my kids to have a family. I could be a good father and hate his mother. Oh, really? Oh, really? The Bible says, let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. When there's disagreement amongst the heads of the family, there is destruction upon the children. This is called schizophrenia, bipolar disease. They don't know where they're coming or going. The Bible says, do not be double-minded, unstable in all your ways. You guys are creating a, a, a chaotic reality for your kids. They're supposed to see agreement. They're supposed to see unity. They're supposed to see love. You have affected the safe haven and secret place of God when you come against the family in unholiness. I want to leave you by saying that, that, that we need to understand these dynamics. Sexuality, super important because it affects the womb. That's where the seed is going. Family, super important. The proponents of the family are godly people. Nowadays, the new family, the pseudo-family, uh, uh, what's this last program that they did? The modern family? Are you kidding me? All this is designed from hell to destroy the fabric of what God wants to produce. And then, obviously, the church, where we keep on bouncing from church to church to accommodate our selfishness, self-serving. Oh, the air conditioner is too cold in that church. The seats are too comfortable. The pastor takes too long. They rebuke me too often. Whatever the case may be, I want to say that wombs is where the seeds produce the cultivated fruit of God. The home is where children are cultivated. And the church are where families are cultivated. These things are they're essential. They're, they're dynamic for us to be able to, to attain the fullness of God's goodness. Abortion is directed at the womb. Divorce is directed at the family. And these divisions in churches are directed on on. Keeping people from being 
formed and fashioned to be the servants of God. We saw that in Isaiah chapter 3, verse 1, where God tells his people, if you guys don't come together as a uh, spiritual community, there will be no more supply of bread, no more supply of water. Verse 2, there will be no more smart people. The mighty men won't be there. The men of war, there won't be those who will be able to distinguish and judge. There will be no more prophet who speaks from God. These spiritual ministers of the Lord are produced here at the church. What are you doing? You're allowing the devil to strip you of, of all the safeguard of God, of of everything God has provided to do battle upon the earth. I was sharing over there with the men. I write to you children because your sins have been forgiven. Ay, que bueno. It's so good. Jesus forgave me. Yes, it's good. It's awesome. I write to you young men because you've overcome Satan. Now you're a little bit more mature. Now you're saying the devil's not going to get in my life and ruin God's plan. Jesus forgave me. I understand that. He died on the cross. But now I'm not letting the devil mess with my sexuality, with my intimacy, with God's plan for my womb, for my, for my very, very intimate parts. So you overcome the devil. You're saying, devil, you're not coming in this womb until God's blessing comes, until God's provision is ordained from the heavens. And we're trampling out. And then he says, I write to, your, to you fathers because you know and you see all these things. The devil's not passing you a quick buck. He's not getting around. He's not messing with you. I hope that you see these things this morning. I hope you see the necessity of these things. I hope you, just like you were in your mother's womb and you were safeguarded from an abortion or from an infestation, that you safeguard your development at church as God fashions you into the minister that changes the world. Amen. And don't let anybody come and, and mess with the way he's wonderfully fashioning you to be an instrument in his hands. Let's stand this morning. Let God allow you to see these things. That just like in the womb, it's required protection. Just like in the family, a father's ordained for protection. God has ordained the prophet, the apostle, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. To do fascinating things to equip you for God's plan. And obviously what the devil's in there is to, to throw a wrench in this thing. To wretch it up so that you not be formed. So it would be like, like going into a womb and ripping out an arm. You allow the devil to mess with the safeguard of the shelter where God has placed you in, in this season. An apostle to govern, to rule. A prophet to guide, to direct. An evangelist to gather, to call people and to bring them to God, a pastor to safeguard and a teacher to instruct, to ground in truth so that you're unfazed and unmoved in the purpose of God. So you have your inheritance so you can fulfill the call of God upon your life and the devil can't mess with you. You're knitted, you're joined, you're rooted, you're grounded, you're being fashioned into a precious
jewel in the hands of God. Father, thank you this morning that you have brought us into your house to worship, to consider, and to adore you. Today we say like David, there's one thing that I desire. There's one thing that I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, that I could inquire and behold his beauty, that I can be on a rock that is high in times of trouble, that I could be safeguarded from the sinister attacks of him who desires to bring down our strongholds. Raising up arguments and lies. Taking us captive to disobey. And to walk contrary to your goodness. If you're here this morning. And you see clearly these three eternally ordained shelters. Secret places. Dwelling places. And you say, I didn't see it before, Pastor. I want to consecrate my womb. I want to consecrate my sexuality. I want to be able to attain to the full completion and purpose of God for this sacred place, this safe place, this holy place that will glorify you and will form the next generation of world changers. I want you to raise your hand if you see it clearly this morning and you want to dedicate the fruit of your womb, the seed of your daughter's womb, the fruit of, of your descendants and lineage. If you saw today that family is a place where God has ordained a father to keep you from destruction, that if you keep his instruction, the Bible says that wisdom is like a, 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 a necklace that will adorn you. Make you attractive if you stay within that secret place. The devil hates family because he can't get to you there. He can't get to you there. That's an ordained shelter of God. Where there's a father, there's a mother. That have uh, been admonished to provide discipline and instruction. Train a child in the way he should go. So when he grows old, he won't depart. That's a safe haven. You get your download there. Don't leave before it's time. The Bible says, for this reason, a man will leave his mother and father. They'll become a season. Well, that's it. You're going to move on to the next purpose in your life. Another safe haven and shelter, which is the church. And you will abide in that place. And if you see that clearly and want to quit allowing the devil to move you from church to church to church to church to church to church, so he has an opportunity to destroy your formation. Destroy your vision. Destroy your ability to hear. And to stop being disabled and dysfunctional. You could raise your hand this morning because I'm going to pray for all three of these secret places right now. Father, we love you. And we thank you for the provisions of these eternally ordained strongholds, safe havens, shelters. That you have given us not only to know, not only to abide, but to go tell the world that there's a secret place of the Most High. There's a place you've provided that's a good place to be. It's perfect for the development, for us to fulfill our call in God, for us to hear your voice and to see with our eyes.
that which is spiritual. And I pray, oh God, that you keep us in that place. So from there, Lord, we can serve you faithfully. We can grow. We can become strong. And in times of trouble, Lord, we're at peace. We're free from anxiety, from lack, from poverty. And I give you thanks, Spirit of God, for this word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. <laughs> Greet one another in the love of the Lord. Hallelujah.